Entrepreneur on Fire 699. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. You know those really busy days when smart snacking isn't easy? With the convenience of NatureBox, it's always easy. And now you can try it for free. Visit NatureBox.com slash fire and get your free sampler box. Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Rod Drury. Rod, are you prepared to ignite? John, I'm already on fire. I'm really well. <laughs> I love it. Rod is CEO of Zero, an online accounting solution serving over 300,000 small businesses in over 150 countries. He is from New Zealand and in 2013 was awarded EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Rod, I gave a little background about you, about your business, but expound upon that for Fire Nation before we dive in. Hey, sure, John. Hello, listeners. Um, yeah, so, so we're doing small business um, accounting. We think that the small business internet's one of the biggest monetizable opportunities on the web. It's, you know, it's a big investment. We've uh, raised almost $300 million. Um, we've got investors like Peter Thiel, who you know from the Facebook um, on our board, Chris Dell, uh, who, who, sorry, who is uh, an investor in Zero. Chris Dell, one of the C- uh, CFO of Microsoft's on our, is our chairman. Uh, Bill Vecti, uh, number two at HP, is on our board as well. He, he's just come on. We're operating in four main countries, New Zealand, Australia, and the UK, and just entering the US. About 900 staff, 17 offices. We just crossed 100 million annualized revenue at an 80% growth rate. So, yeah, the business really is on fire. <laughs> well, Rod, that's why we have you here today, my friend. And give a little uh, personal perspective of Rod. I'm in my late 40s. I've uh, had about three exit so far. Just really love software. And what's exciting with this cloud-based stuff is it's completely changing the distribution model of getting technology all over the world. So we've seen lots of stuff happening in uh, consumer and, you know, we're applying that to small business. And for me, you know, being able to help, you know, millions of small business owners out is a very purposeful thing to do. Um, and the great thing about the internet is you can now really build these global businesses, so global from day one. So, you know, I live in... Um, uh, New Zealand. Um, we have I think four offices now in uh, the US. Big office in San Francisco. Good team in Denver. People in uh, New York. Uh, people I'm in Austin, Texas, and uh, you know, and offices all around UK, Australia, and here. So yeah, it's it's really exciting. It's full on. I got three young children, and uh, I think the neat thing about being in the cloud and being spread around is you still get time to drop the kids off at school and, <laughs> and be a good dad sometimes. Nice. And Rod, I'm really excited to be fleshing out exactly where the idea for Zero came from and, and the whole growth process of that. But before we dive into all of that, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote. So take it away. So my favorite quote is, it's not the big that eat the small, but the fast that eat the slow. And that's especially relevant in the internet where you can operate from anywhere 
in the world. You can, you know, small companies can appear big very, very quickly. And if you're clever, you can talk to millions of people, um, you know, by building stories that people engage with all over the world. So it's not the big leap, the small, but the faster leap, the slow. And Rob, let's really dive into that. Give an example outside of the rod world where you've really seen, you know, maybe in a different niche, a different industry, the fast eat the slow. Well, I think we've seen that through the internet, especially on the uh, consumer side. You know, brands like Facebook and Twitter, these are businesses that just didn't exist anymore, you know, and in Facebook's case, it's grabbing, um, you know, billions now of revenue, and this is coming out of traditional um, advertisers. So, you know, we're seeing it sort of play out. And, uh, you know, that's what's exciting about the small business space. There's been almost no innovation for the last 20 years. And, you know, the big companies haven't played. But now that, you know, the cloud has changed the economics of getting to small business, we're seeing massive investment pouring in. And you look at how, you know, even Microsoft and Apple are struggling to move to the cloud and lots of new companies coming in very well dressed that are going after the space. No, absolutely. And Rod, you're bringing up some great points. I mean, you've had three successful exits. You know, you're currently, you know, the CEO of Zero right now, which is just approaching $100 million in annual revenue, 80% growth. I mean, a lot of exciting things are going on in Rod's world. We're going to dive into some of those things, Rod. But the reality is you haven't gone from success to success to success. There's been some times when you stumbled. There's been some times when you've fallen because guess what? You're an entrepreneur. That's what happened. So, Rod, break it down for us. Break it down for Fire Nation and tell us one story of a time that you failed and really take us there, Rod. I want to be there with you when you fell flat on your face and share with us those lessons you learned. I haven't had anything too major happen, but I think that's because whenever I feel I'm on the wrong growth curve, I jump off it as fast as I can. So when I looked at um, probably about three businesses ago, two or three businesses ago, um, uh, I was looking at building some document management software, and you know, it looked really exciting. There, there was a big opportunity um, from the background I'd had working for large enterprise. I thought it was a great space. And as I as I started building the software, what we realized was the software vendor was the last person to get paid. You have to have an army of consultants, and it's, and and they get their money first. And and really, it's the vendor uh, that kind of has all the risk and actually only makes a very very small amount of money. And what I realized was this doesn't scale. And I saw that the opportunity cost of being on this curve, um, you, you know, was just too great. So, you know, we'd already had a few wins. We'd, we'd sold a few jobs. And what I realized was if I kept doing this, I wouldn't get to where I needed to be. So what we decided to do was to kind of tear the plaster off. Uh, we went and we gave money back to our clients because we're still in the implementation phase. And, you know, uh, we lost some money. Um, but I think the key thing was we fronted that up to that decision early, made the change, and that, that allowed me to get on to Aftermail, which was my next business, which we um, uh, sold within two years of startup for $35 million US in cash. So it was, it was really um, learning uh, you know, that I was on the wrong path and had, making that hard decision to take a few steps backwards uh, to, to get onto the right path. It's not always an easy decision, Fire Nation. You've invested time, energy, effort, and a lot of entrepreneurs are married to their ideas. They're, they're saying, you know, this is my idea, you know, till death do us part, literally. And, you know, Rod has just shown us why that's, can sometimes be a mistake. And, you know, there's some definite uh, situations when you do need to persevere and go through. And then there's some situations where you need to say, you know what, the only way I'm going to get out of this hole is to stop digging. So Rod, how important do 
you think it is for entrepreneurs to do things that scale? Uh, so I treat entrepreneurship as a series series of baby steps. So most people hear the deal of the guy that smacks it out of the park and he's 25, but actually a far more repeatable process is doing it as a series of baby steps. Because And if you think about you aren't uh, the business, you're building this business which exists on its own and can, and can exist uh, without you and eventually might be sold for your first few, that feels like a far more uh, repeatable process. And with each deal, you know, you get you get lots of experience and normally your next ideas are even bigger because of the experience you gained uh, during it. You start to build up the kind of teams that you enjoy working with. You, you, you start to reward investors so they'll come back in and work with you next time. You build your personal brand and and you start to build your own own war chest. And if you think about that, when you do your first deal, taking some angel funding, even if they take 40% of your business, is fine. You almost don't have the right to really smack it out of the park on your first deal. It's great if you do, but I think getting into the game, getting that experience, rewarding your shareholders, then leads you to the next thing and the next thing. So, you know, I'd, I'd done that three or four times, each one getting bigger and bigger. And then you get to a point where you've, you know, done the big trade sale, you know, you've got your, got your flash houses and in your silly cars, and then it's okay. Well, what do you really <laughs> want to do? And 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 I remember one day I was sitting in um, in a ballroom, and Vinnie Smith, the CEO of Quest, he was a great guy. He sort of said, "Oh, there's Rod down the back from Aftermail. You know, we, you know, we've done a great deal with them." And then he went on and talked about his company that had been around for over ten years, and who they who they had brought, who they'd taken out, what what of their competitors had been taken out. And you think you get up to level ten, then suddenly level eleven presents itself. And for me, you know, I'd read all of the Silicon Valley books and always thought taking a company public would be the ultimate for a business person. And, you know, um, eight years ago, we told a big story and, and we floated zero. And, you know, now we have a market cap of around $3 billion. Well, speaking of Silicon Valley, you know, somebody that really holds a lot of weight there is Paul Graham of Y Combinator. I'd like to kind of maybe get your feedback on one of his quotes that he's really become pretty big for that, you know, I think you'd find pretty interesting. But he says, do things that don't scale. So, Rod, what do you think Paul means by that? And what's your opinion on that on that actual quote? Well, I'm a big fan of Paul. I don't really understand that quote. You know, maybe he's meaning that you focus on the things that you have to do to uh, to really make a difference, but but from an entrepreneurial's point of view, I, you know, you only have so much time. I'm all about scale, so um, so at face value, I don't agree at all. You know, I think um, you know you only have one life, and you want to make it make as big an impact as you can and help as many people out. So you know, for me, it's all about scale and having fun. So you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but what I what I do know is that. Um, you know, there are different types of businesses. You know, there's, there's, I, I love the Y Combinator. I love these lean startups when uh, businesses don't have resources, but that's not the only model. You know, I've done that where, you know, the businesses I've done before, you, you sort of fund them off your mortgage. And when someone doesn't pay their bill, you look at your CFO across the pillow at three in the morning and explain the bank now owns another wing of the house to now what we're doing with zero where we've raised, you know, around 300 million and, and really driving things forward, which is a huge amount of fun. I actually do agree with you, and I hear what you're saying about um, Paul Graham's comments. In fact, you know, I did just pull up his article. He wrote that in July of 2013, 
And he basically said, do things that don't scale. And then he writes a whole article about it. So I'm going to read it. Uh, maybe you can too, if you want to check out what he means by that, if you're interested. But I'll definitely include in the show notes as well. So Fire Nation kinda, can kind of get a little vibe about what Paul was talking about there. Because I'm also into scaling. I believe that all we have is time as entrepreneurs. That's our most valuable resource. And the more we can leverage our time, scale our knowledge, the better off we are. And, you know, that's kind of one thing that I really want Fire Nation to absorb is Rod's going through his journey here as an entrepreneur, which brings us, Rod, to another story in your life. But this one being an aha moment, a light bulb that you've had at some point in your journey. So, Rod, take us to that moment in time. Picture us, the listener, sitting around a campfire, listening to you telling us this story. So take us to that moment in time, Rod. Share with us that moment and the steps you took to turn that idea into success. You know, we were working in New Zealand. We had a, about a 60-person Microsoft uh, development shop. We were one of the first ones here. And we were sort of uh, just selling time, you know, the way that a plumber sells time. We were just doing bespoke software development. And this was the dot-com boom, and everything started to go off. And we saw these public companies come in and basically buy these services businesses on the promise of, you know, these would be the people that would build these next, you know, big kind of dot-com apps. And... Uh, as so we got acquired, which which was which was really exciting, and then went straight up to the U.S. And I remember, um, you know, things were going nuts back then. All of the real estate in Silicon Valley was full up. So we saw these converted strip malls where you know someone had done that white paint inside, what was probably a big sort of sporting goods shop. And I remember going into um, going in and visiting this this company who had a bit of auction software called Trading Dynamics, and there were six or seven people at the back who kind of um, had built this application which allowed sort of uh, people to auction to buy things online and they had about 60 people out the front who were just dialing for dollars and I'd never seen capital invested in businesses before. They they weren't uh, just selling their product, they, they had built a product and they had people there who were driving customers to it. Seems so obvious now <laughs> but when you've just done bespoke development that, that was kind of impressive and then um, a few weeks after we met them they sold to Ariba I think it was for 580 million US wow. in stock and I was like holy you know this is real and the application wasn't wasn't all that complex and 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 then I started to think about the business of of technology and if I can just squeeze in one little aha moment after that, I realized that um, when I saw, I saw these patterns that you know, mid-sized U.S. public uh, companies have to buy private technology companies. They do it for two reasons. One is, you know, say they can buy at a revenue multiple of like two or three, and as a public company, it's worth five or six. They're going to buy revenue all day. And secondly, a lot of these mid-sized public companies already have an existing sales force and they need new products to go on their shelves. So, you know, one of the ways that entrepreneurs and technology get started is, is not building a long-term business, but actually building a really neat product and, uh, you know, basically exploiting the R&D by acquisition model. Because uh, if you do it right, then you will get uh, brought. And, and that's what we did with Aftermail. And the scary thing was we did that within two years of startup. Rod, our listeners right here are entrepreneurs, they're entrepreneurs, they're sidepreneurs, they're small business owners. What would be this one takeaway that you would really want us to really be able to implement into our lives from that aha moment that you had? If you could really break it down to our level, what could we start doing moving forward today to really kind of make the most of this aha moment that you've had? 
I think the big thing is you have to actually do the moves. I remember windsurfing and, you know, like surfing, there's a move called a re-entry when you do a bottom turn and the wave starts breaking towards you. You go right up and you hit the lip and then the idea is you, when you hit the lip, uh, you come down. And uh, what I found was, you know, in the first few times and trying to do that move, you, you end up sort of going out the back. You don't fully uh, commit to doing it. And then, then uh, you know, one day I realized when I was out there, I just have to do the move. I have to get myself in a position where my body's right out from the lip. And when I hit this thing, I'm going to come down with a wave. And, and I did it. First time, whacked the lip, whole board sail came down, and I'd, you know, I'd done a big our entry on a wave and it was just so obvious you have to do the move you have to put yourself in a position to be successful so being half in just doesn't work you know you, you have to actually do it and if you do it then these things can work and I think that that's the big thing with entrepreneurships you need to commit and make it happen and just the art of committing and making it happen gives you you know 500% more more chance of being successful. No, there's actually two quotes that spring to mind, Rod, when you are sharing these thoughts and this information that you know, you've know you learned throughout the years. You know, Number one is, if you want to be, do. Like, I wanted to be a podcaster. Rod, I had no broadcasting experience. I'd never interviewed people before, but here we are, 699 interviews later, I'm a podcaster, I'm an interviewer, I'm a, I'm a broadcast host because I did it, because I wanted to be it, so I did it. And number two... What's easy to do, Rod, is also easy not to do. And so unfortunately, so many people choose not to do it because it's easy to choose to not to do it, but it's also easy to choose to do it. And so those people that do make that easy decision consistently every single day to actually do it are going to see the, are going to be the ones that see the results down the line. So, Rod, those are just a couple of thoughts. I appreciate you kind of breaking down that aha moment that you've had for Fire Nation and what I'd like to do now, and this is going to be tough for you because you've had a lot of proud moments, but tell us the story, the moment in time. Take us there, Rod, to your proudest entrepreneurial moment. Uh, so I've probably got two of them. The day we took our company public, and we took our company public with no revenue. So I'm in New Zealand. Um, you know, There's not a sophisticated venture capital market. And our business plan, we needed 50 people pretty much from day one, you know, 10 developers, 10 uh, QA testers, then you needed some salespeople, all that sort of stuff. It was about 50 people. That's half a million a month. And we needed, um, you know, capital for three years. So you're talking about 15 million bucks. So the only way that we could have funded it in New Zealand was to tell a big story and go public from day one. So thank goodness this, this uh, thank goodness that worked. And I remember the first time you see your company uh, stop ticker signal come round on the board <laughs> on the building. That was pretty exciting. That was a cool moment. The second uh, cool moment, though, if I, can, uh, if I can grab one more, was I was at a conference in London. And we had two of our young stars who were on stage. And, um, you know, we get these, you know, we, we're up to, I think, over 900 staff now. And our people are so passionate and they love what they're doing. And these were just, you know, two people who used to work inside the contact center, big personalities. And they were on stage showing an audience of about 300 people, some features inside zero. And I watched, there was a boy and a girl, and I, and I watched as one of them sort of walk behind, put their hand back, and the other person gave them this completely hidden low five behind their back. 
and I was watching from the side. No one else saw it except for me, and, and they knew that they did it. And I was just so proud that we had these young people who, you know, bleed zero and were just absolutely on fire, on stage, having a great time, and people were absolutely loving it. So I think, you know, being proud of the culture and the team that we have and seeing our people succeed uh, just makes me very proud every day. Well, speaking of the culture that you've created at Zero Rod, let's bring things to present time and talk about today. What's the one thing that has you most on fire, that has you most pumped up about Zero? So, so we're really changing the game, right? Um, online accounting uh, software sounds kind of boring, but what we realized, uh, it, it is the tickets. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to represent millions of small businesses. And in, in a little country like New Zealand, and we only get 30% of our revenue from here now, we have a quarter of all New Zealand businesses on our platform. You know, New Zealand GDPs, you know, pathetically for many countries, is about $200 billion, but we saw $45 billion through our engines last year. So what that means now, we've become this important company where large businesses are connecting into us, and there's a Discussions we're having uh, with government is how we save them money because a lot of the compliance work that they get small businesses to do, we natively do inside our product. So it's really exciting. We're sort of moving from just a software company to now being an important company that can really move the needle at scale. And we're able to invent products that just you know people haven't seen before but have an impact across millions of people's lives. So I think that's the ultimate, being an entrepreneur, not just having a successful business, but doing something that's really purposeful and changes the game. And if you, if you have that in your life, it's something you can do for the next 10, 20, 30 years. I was also, I was up at the um, World Entrepreneur of the Year um, a competition in Monaco about six weeks ago, and it was so neat meeting you know, you know, six of the other top entrepreneurs. And the big things I learned from them was um, everyone cares about their country and cares about the jobs they create and the opportunities for their people. They care about the social impact their business can have. And, and um, some of these people are building 20 to 30-year businesses. And the um, heritage you can develop, which goes on you know, long after you're gone, uh, I think is super exciting. And you know, I just see entrepreneurship as an absolute force of good. You know, we can deal with social issues at scale if we drive successful businesses. No, I love that word heritage, and I actually use the word legacy, and I share with Fire yeah. Nation, what is going to be your legacy, Fire Nation? What are you going to leave behind after your incredibly brief stint on this amazing earth is gone? What are you going to use with this incredible opportunity that you literally can do anything. Rod could have gone and been an insurance salesman for 40 years, called it a day when he was 65 and retired, lived a few years and said sayonara. But instead, the legacy that Rod is leaving upon New Zealand in this world could have incredible long-lasting effects. And that's powerful. And that's something that's going to get him up every morning and keep him on fire as an entrepreneur. So Rod, we're about to enter the lightning round, but before we do, let's take a minute and thank our sponsors. Two words, Fire Nation, free snacks. Yes, I'm going to give you the chance to get free snacks. So drop the candy bar, drop the potato chips. They're not good for you. Do what I do. Get natural, delicious snacks at naturebox.com. Naturebox gives me hundreds of snacks, and I mean delicious snacks, and I don't feel guilty about eating them because they're better for me. They have zero artificial ingredients, zero trans fat, and zero high fructose corn syrup. You'll even find snacks that are low in sugar without the gluten. 
So in the afternoon slump when I'm hungry, here's what I do. I grab peanut butter nom noms from Nature Box or baked sweet potato fries or dark cocoa almonds. So good, but so good for you. And now I want to give you the chance to try Nature Box for free with a sampler box featuring five of their most popular snacks. You heard me, free snacks. To start your free trial, go to naturebox.com slash fire and get a free sample box of delicious snacks today. Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Rod, welcome to the lightning rounds where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, so I never really thought about becoming an entrepreneur. I just loved playing uh, with software and had the attention span of a three-year-old. So <laughs> I just loved doing it and there weren't software businesses I could work on in our country. So I had to start one. So it just went from there. What's the best advice, Rod, you've ever received? One thing that that's always stuck with me is never overestimate the response of your competitors. You know, you naturally think the big guys are going to turn around and and chase you, but they really don't. You know, large companies, they lose their passion. They don't have ownership inside them. So I'm always stunned by how the incumbent competitors haven't reacted to what we've done and have allowed us to, you know, basically steal their lunch. Share one of your personal habits, Rod, that you believe contributes to your success need to be ruthless on fitness. So, you know, I've tried to keep surfing as much as I can. I'm, I'm swimming and, you know, every day I'm home, I ride my bike up the hill. I think, uh, you know, when you're in a high-stress job, moving all the chemicals around your body uh, is just so important and, you know, just, just trying to keep that fitness up and running. And, and I think, you know, your brain needs times to assimilate all your thoughts. I always find, you know, if I'm stressed out at the time, you know, three-quarters of the way down the ride, I've solved all the problems, I've got a whole lot of new ideas. So keep working hard, but if you're going to work hard, you've got to keep, with, keep, keep, keep the fitness. Ruthless on fitness. Rod, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? So the most important thing that I got into was RSS feeds, being able to, to subscribe to websites. So the way I think is a, I have a whole series of models in my head of how I think think things work. And RSS and, and newsreader sites, I use Feedly, uh, just allow you to keep a track of all of the news. So you're getting these hundreds of factoids every day, which are either validating and testing your models. So it's very rare now something happens that I don't think, oh, yeah, I sort of saw that coming. Well, that's interesting. Or, hey, I need to go back and challenge my assumptions. <laughs> So getting, getting fire hose that all those data points is the best way to become an expert in something. 
Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've been chatting about at eofire.com slash Rod Drury. Rod, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Uh, the Horowitz book uh, called Hard Things or something about hard things. That's the one everyone's reading at the moment. It's actually not that pretty a read, but it has all the common sense around running a business with, with lots of very hard war stories in there. The Hard Thing About Hard Things, Ben Horowitz. That's it. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Rod, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I'd go straight onto my laptop and I'd scour for the best right-hand point break and I would uh, go and base myself there and I would uh, build a great business right from the beach. (laughs) I love it. Rod, you have rocked Fire Nation today and let's end literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. So I'm on Twitter, just at Rod Drury, R-O-D-D-R-U-R-Y. And uh, come and come and play with Zero Xero dot com. And my final piece of advice is um, enjoy what you're doing, do what are you passionate about, and and start playing. the The journey is the reward, and uh, being an entrepreneur and creating value and eventually helping other people out is a very satisfying life. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Rob and myself today. So keep up the heat. And Rod, Fire Nation is well aware. They can go to eofire.com. Just type Rod, R-O-D, in the search bar. Your show notes page will pop right up with your resource, book recommendation, quote, you name it, it's there. And Rod, thank you for simply igniting the airwaves with me today. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation. Creating a successful business takes a lot of hard work, including figuring out how to make your content and the products and services you offer unique. Wondering where to start? How about with your website? If you're looking for an all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a unique website that will help you stand out from the crowd, then check out Squarespace. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com. Use offer code FIRE. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 